Hey sisters, do I have a treat for you today. When you are struggling with all of the symptoms of a hormonally imbalanced body, which by the way is a common part of going through perimenopause, one of the first steps I focus on for myself and my clients is to manage blood sugar levels. Choosing nutrition that creates consistent blood sugar in the body will improve sleep, reduce cravings and fatigue, reduce cortisol, and give the body the space it needs to metabolize and balance our hormones itself, keeping all of those terrible symptoms away. Not to mention, it aids our bodies in shifting from fat storage to fat burning. Sounds pretty good, right? Although managing your blood glucose on your own is possible, I have fallen in love with an amazing tool called a continuous glucose monitor, or also known as a CGM, from a company called NutriSense, which you wear on your body and not only gives you immediate feedback on how your specific blood sugar is being affected by your food choices, but also how to improve energy, sleep, fitness, and therefore results. On this episode of the pod, I'm fortunate enough to have the amazing Catherine Staffieri, a nutrition and glucose expert and registered dietitian with NutriSense, to chat about the impact of glucose on hormones, perimenopause and menopause, weight loss, and the incredible benefits of using a CGM as a tool in everyday life to help you feel your best. All right, let's get to it. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Uh, totally. Okay. So welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I am really, really excited that you are here and so grateful for you to take this time. I know you guys are busy. You're um, making it nutrition science, I think, so powerful for all of us to learn more about ourselves. But um, I'll let you, maybe I'll just let you first, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, Catherine, how you got here. Uh, and then we can kind of dive into this, this really cool product that you have. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We love to talk about this kind of stuff. So um, the more people we can reach and educate and get excited about it, the better. So thanks for having me. Um, So uh, I'm a registered dietitian at NutriSense, and um, this is actually a second career for me. Um, I used to work in finance uh, in New York City and, um, you know, sort of really switched gears. I think as a lot of women know, you sort of get to a period in your life where you're like, oh, is this what I want to be doing? Right. And Mm -hmm. you kind of do some soul searching and, um, I was able to really totally switch gears. I went back to school. I got my master's and 
started this amazing career, something I feel so passionate about. Um, and I think, you know, as you probably know, it's amazing to find a space um, and the ability to work and feel passionate, right? To wake up every day and be like, this is amazing and to help people. Um, so I just feel really lucky to be here. I've worked at NutriSense for um, about a year and change now. Um, it's a fast growing company. We have like an incredible arsenal of dietitians to help people. Um, so it's just such a thrill to be in this space. I love it. And so for you as a woman who went from like, you know, a hefty career in finance, obviously like in that kind of hustle mindset mentality to shifting more in this wellness piece, like, was there an aha moment or a light bulb moment in there for you or something that you were like, okay, something has to change or was it just the way life went? You know, it was, it was one of those days, days, weeks, months where you're like, you know, do I really want to be doing this in 10 years? Do I really want to be doing this in 20 years? You know? And I would sort of joke around like, oh, I hope I find something else, you know, but, but it's comfortable. It's safe. You're providing for your fit. You know, you're like, it's really hard to make those changes as a woman. Right. Because you know, you've, and you also, you maybe have worked your way up in a certain sector yeah. and to sort of start over again is, is really hard for us. So, yeah. um, but I ultimately said, listen, you know, if I'm still doing this in 10 years, I'd be pretty unhappy. So I was like, you know, and I, I kind of sat there and was like, what do I love to read? What do I love to look at? And it was all, I was cooking. I was looking at science. I was looking at, you know, food recipe. I was doing all this stuff. I was like, how do I make a job out of this? And, yeah. you know, sort of fell into this space and, um, I think it's been really great that, you know, dietitians aren't just sort of in hospitals anymore, that they're really out there and talking to people and helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, we all know as much as we'd love to think that, you know, fitness is the way to feel amazing. Like nutrition is really the way to feel amazing. That's like our fuel. It's our nourishment. It's our medicine. So it is a really important thing. And and we're so uneducated in it, aren't we? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's a field where I feel like I'm constantly sort of myth busting mm -hmm. or, you know, kind of, you know, helping people and saying, well, did, you know, we're super nerdy about science at NutriSense, right? So we only do, you know, evidence-based recommendations and stuff. So we're not just like, oh, look, I found this on the internet, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really about looking at the science of it and helping people. And I think that's, that's really important to have someone help you guide you through mm -hmm. the, you know, through the nuances of nutrition. Yeah. What was your first experience wearing, you know, so today we're talking a lot about, about the, the CGM, the control glucose monitor. Um, and, you know, for, I was telling you before we, we dove into this, like for the, the average sister that kind of listens to this podcast, they're really in these pre-menopause or menopause years of 35 to 55 and, and for me, what has been so powerful about, about wearing a CGM and learning about this was recognizing that we're battling, you know, hormone imbalances naturally, like a second puberty at this stage in our life. And a lot of that is driven by elevated cortisol, which is just, so we're just naturally living in a more stressed out body. Um, on top of the fact that we live in a world where, you know, stress is just abundant these days, and we're not in a society that kind of encourages the calmness of it all. Um, but, but within that kind of the first line of defense, I know for my clients in order to create space for the hormones to rebalance and the stress to go away is managing blood sugar levels. Um, and that's where a lot of this information, what kind of piqued my interest into this and why I've fallen in love with it. But what was your first experience like wearing a CGM? 
Yeah. So, you know, again, coming at it from kind of a clinical perspective, Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting to to sort of have so many things hit home personally, right? So coming at it from a clinical perspective, you're like, oh, diabetics, you know what? Of course I know what I'm doing. Of course I know what I'm eating. And then you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And I've worn one, gosh, maybe like four or five times now since they, um, since I first started with NutriSense and they, you know, they give you one as part of your training. So, um, you know, I was, I was floored by the, you know, how the things that I thought were so great, you know, like crackers and oranges and, you know, I would have these things and I would sit at my desk and I was like, oh my goodness, my glucose is skyrocketing. Right. So, um, you know, these things that I'm like, wow, I, there's so many ways to tweak it. And, and how was my lifestyle different and where was I in my cycle and mm. you know, what, you know, how all these kind what did I pair it with? Have I been sleeping well, all of these little nuances and things that build onto it to really optimize it for yourself. So I was totally blown away at first. And then, you know, you, you kind of learn to test, start to test things out and kind of yeah. see where you are. Yeah. You start to realize, I think through all of these things, um, you know, how bio-individual we are and how, you know, how much knowing our own body really gives us the power to feel our best more than what anyone else might, might learn. And that's what kind of what this information is. Maybe I got ahead of myself here a little bit, but you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about what a CGM is with NutriSense, um, you know, and then how they help. Cause I have some more questions around that. Totally. So basic overview. And again, I sort of, um, touched on that with my last answer was, so a continuous glucose monitor, it has traditionally been used for, um, you know, type one diabetics or, you know, a a type two diabetic. Um, but what we've been seeing is that lots of people can benefit from this information. Anyone really we find can benefit from this information. So what it actually is, is a little, um, disc, with a small little filament in it. So it's about the size of a quarter. Um, And you insert it into the back of your arm, into the fleshy part of your arm. If you might have a little extra over there. Um, we all do. Um, and so yes, it's, we all it's, approved. <laughs> it's approved for back there. Um, and, and the sensor lasts for 14 days. Now, NutriSense you get an, when you sign up for NutriSense, you get the sensor sent to your house and you download the NutriSense app and you get assigned a dietitian um, or nutritionist specifically to you that then says, Hey, oh, cool. I'm here. Exactly. I'm here to follow you for two weeks, a month, you know, whatever you've signed up for on your plan. And I'm going to follow you and I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to look at your data. I'm going to help you interpret everything and say, Hey, I noticed this, let's try this or how are things going? Um, and that's really, I think the beauty of our product. There are other CGMs out there, which are great, but they use artificial intelligence, right? So, which is, which is fine, but I think it's really nice to have that professional level of someone, you know, Hey, here's an article you could read, or I noticed this, how, you know, and really working with you to meet you, you know, where your goals are. Yeah. I loved that. I have to speak to that for a second because both the last time and this time, you know, I really have felt heard, you know, they ask how often you like your feedback, you know, and I just have felt really very much like it's tailored to me. And that if I have a specific question on something, someone is there. And that's aside from all the information you actually get in the app. And they can also help you understand the information that comes in the app. But um, it's fascinating. It really is like having your own sort of personal coach along the way every single day, if you need them. 
Um, and then I think even the CGM itself, like even just the scanning of your of your results gives you kind of that that moment to moment accountability that so many people need in order to stay honest. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about this um, with like, so, you know, with my members that sign up for like a couple months periods, the women, because I'm like, you can see how you're doing specifically in terms of your um, hormone um, fluctuations. Mm. You can see how you're doing month to month, right? If you have a regular cycle, an irregular cycle, no cycle, you know, all this kind of stuff, you can really see how things are moving yeah. um, kind of month to month. And I think that's so powerful for women um, yes. that are kind of struggling to kind of make sense of what's going on with their hormones. We can really dive into that and see it on a longer term basis. Interesting. I'm curious as to whether, depending on where you are in your cycle, does a certain food impact you differently? That would be a really fascinating experiment. I don't know if you can speak to that already, but. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so with the CGM, right. So you're, you're constantly, you're getting your 24 hour data, right? Mm -hmm. So the way it works is, you know, the, the sensor itself, what's inserted in your arm is collecting, it's just collecting data. And then when you scan it to your phone, the data is downloaded, right. Mm -hmm. And then we number crunch, you can look at it seven ways to Sunday in terms of your data and analytics and metrics and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but what I think is so interesting is that yes, absolutely. Depending on where you are in your cycle, you're going to be more or less sort of sensitive to carbs or insulin sensitive. So mm. I think some women are familiar with insulin, but do you want me to go into kind of what yeah. that is? Like Why I'm not? Yeah. Let's, let's make this really, cause I'm not, you know, it's not my, I am a hormone specialist, but that's not the one that I really lean into. So I'd love to hear more about it. Totally. So, so uh, insulin, I think some people get a little bit con confused with the term glucose, insulin, whatever. Mm -hmm. So glucose is a simple, you know, the most simple sort of carbohydrate that the most simple sugar, um, and generally what your body runs on. And mm -hmm. we take that in, you know, we, you take in food, your body breaks it down, puts it into glucose, right? And yeah. so glucose is floating around in your body. Your body senses that and produces insulin from your pancreas. So insulin is a hormone. Glucose is like a little you know, sugar molecule. Yeah. Ideally, they match. The amount of glucose that you're taking in, your body matches that with the proper amount of insulin. And you, the insulin takes the glucose and we kind of compare it to like a locking key or maybe mm -hmm. a boat analogy, but the insulin is what unlocks the cells in your body and allows the glucose to enter. Mm, okay. So if there's a dysregulation and your body isn't recognizing insulin, you are insulin resistant or insulin insensitive, mm -hmm. basically you, there's the, the, it's not unlocking the cells, right? And so your glucose is going to float around at these high levels because it has nowhere to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this can take long, a very, very, very long period of time to develop. But in women, all of these hormones, you know, your estrogen and your progesterone are also linked with your mm -hmm. insulin, right? So depending on where you are in your cycle or in your menopause transition, you're going to be more or less sensitive to that insulin. You're going to be able to process glucose sort of more or less efficiently. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Do you know which, which part of the cycle is typically, you know, more sensitive than others? Yeah. So it's generally the, the, the earlier part of your cycle, okay. um, like the first oh, two weeks, sometimes you'll phase, find that yeah. on the, yeah, on the first day of your period, or maybe the second, you might still be a little bit, um, you might, your glucose might be running still a little bit high. Mm -hmm. Um, but generally by day five and, and going forward until about, again, if you have like a 
sort of typical four week cycle, Mm -hmm. um, you know, halfway through your cycle when your estrogen peaks and then starts to fall down, um, and the progesterone rises, the Mm -hmm. progesterone is linked with insulin insensitivity. So Ah. that's when we sort of see more, you know, some women, they, what's called carb cycling. And Mm -hmm. so they will cycle their carbs. They'll sort of have more carbs at the beginning of their cycle and fewer carbs towards Mm -hmm. the end of their cycle, because they know that their body is a little more, um, insensitive, you know, to, to their insulin. They can't really process and handle it as well. That, that, and that's fascinating because we also know during that time, like, because so much is happening in the body, our metabolism revs up, we have higher cortisol and we're burning more calories. So that is often why we're, you know, needing more energy at that time. But it, so I feel like if we understand this, we can choose the right energy as opposed to just, you know, grabbing coffee for breakfast. And then all of a sudden spending the whole afternoon in a carb you know, carb coma because we cannot say no. And then we're almost like in double trouble is what you're saying. There is not only are we, you know, going through this other piece with our cycle, but we're also dealing with the fact that we're more sensitive or insensitive. You said at that point in time. Correct. And so Mm -hmm. what, and what we can see when you are, so we always, you know, we get a lot of people that say, well, what's the perfect, I want to know what it's supposed to look Mm -hmm. like. What's perfect. And I'm like, there is no perfect. It's just what's perfect for you, you know, might be different than what's perfect for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but what, what in general, what we want to see with glucose is, is it's normal to have it rise and fall. We're not looking for a flat line. We're not looking for no carbs ever, ever, ever. Right. It's normal, natural, wonderful to have that in our diet, but it's about knowing when to have them and kind of in what quantity and how to Mm -hmm. pair them with other macros. So, you know, so I think that just like you're saying, it's like, you don't want to be, you don't want to have skip breakfast, you know, eat a huge lunch, you know, and then your glucose crashes, you're exhausted, you're in that fog in the afternoon, right? So we can help see that with the CGM data. We can say, oh my gosh, did you realize what was really going on? That's why you're so tired in the afternoons or, you know, that kind of stuff. I love that. Actually, can we talk about that for a minute? Is like when, you know, when we are, our glucose spikes based on what we have eaten. What, what are we experiencing? And then, and then falls typically dramatically after, correct? Yeah. Um, what are, what are we experiencing in the body on app? Like what are most people experiencing when that happens? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, it's that sort of, we call it reactive hypoglycemia, right? And it can be those hypoglycemia feelings. Like if you've ever felt fatigued, maybe a little bit dizzy, maybe a little bit like a headache or Mm -hmm. nauseous or something like that. I mean, you can really feel that crash. It's that Mm -hmm. energy crash. You can feel it in the morning. I think, you know, I think it's so funny. We'll see like an oatmeal spike in so many women and everyone's Mm -hmm. like, oatmeal is so good for me. And I was like, yeah, but are you really hungry? Like two hours later, Mm -hmm. it could be because your glucose spiked and then it dropped down. Right. And so, so you don't have that nice steady state of energy levels. Those big high swings are also really associated, you know, your, your body's pumping out a lot of insulin and then it has to process all of it. We really want it to be like sort of gentle ocean waves Mm -hmm. to avoid those energy crashes, Mm -hmm. those, and then it can lead you to wanting to have a snack or needing to drink more coffee, things that can elevate your cortisol again. And then Mm -hmm. you're just sort of, sort of, uh, perpetuating the cycle. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, for me, the way I have kind of imagined it and what I end up saying to my clients is like, if, if when we're dealing with this uneven, you know, like you said, it's supposed to have rolling waves, just like our, our, you know, our sex hormones as we're, you know, going through any, any life, but certainly even in perimenopause, like we just, we don't want it to be tsunamis. We want it to be these gentle rolling, but like a wave is natural. That is what happens. But I feel like the way I imagine it is when we're dealing with all these spikes and dips, it's so much harder on the body. More is required of the body. And then the body cannot get back to its other business as usual that it needs to do because it has a lot of jobs. Yeah. And it can also disrupt, you know, again, we're sort of talking daytime, but you know, nighttime, depending mm. on what your nighttime meals are, um, or just stress in general at night, you know, all, all those factors can really disturb your sleep. Right. So if you're having more wine than, you know, than maybe you normally do mm-hmm. or having like a dessert or a late night snack, you're munching, it can really impact your glucose overnight. And those crashes at night can wake you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing, you know, a lot of women going through menopause are like, I'm waking up, yeah. I'm not sleeping well, it's disrupting me the next day. Mm-hmm. So we can work on that with your CGM as well to really optimize, you know, like the dinner time meal or optimize what you're doing doing at night to create a better sleep pattern. I love that because I think you're right. That is a huge problem with women in in this age bracket is, you know, it's inability to sleep well, you know, they're getting up to go to the bathroom all the time. And I think it's more that what is waking, like often it's not that they're waking up because they have to pee. It's they're waking up because of another reason. And so they pee and it can be a bit confusing. I think this blood sugar plays a big piece. And then probably a bigger issue is that when we're stressed in life, something wakes us up and then we're spinning and we can't get back to sleep, you know, or we realize we're hot and we can't get back to sleep. So I think we often think in this age bracket that, oh, well, I'm waking up because of hot flashes or I'm waking up because I have to go to the bathroom or I'm waking up because I'm stressed when really you're often waking up because of this glucose piece. And that's, and then you can't get back to sleep because of the other reasons. So it's, um, it's a really powerful tool understanding this. Yeah. And I think, you know, sleep as you, I'm sure talk about all the Mm -hmm. time is like so critical to so much the next day, right? If we don't sleep well, we've actually, you know, there's so much research out there that you're, you know, less sensitive to insulin again. Um, you know, we generally make not as healthy choices when we're exhausted the next day, we tend to lean towards, you know, the higher glycemic carbs and things that are going to sort of make us feel better, give us energy, more coffee. And that just, again, perpetuates the cycle of, um, you know, those, those, those rises and falls and the, the higher, uh, cortisol levels yeah. stress and stuff. Yeah. I've even found it so powerful to understand, like with, with my CGM is like just the difference between how my body responds to white rice versus brown rice, for example, you know, it's like, almost the same experience, but really different. Or, you know, as you were saying, when you're pairing particularly these car- the carbohydrates with something else, like with the fat or with the protein, one of the other macros, you know, what a difference that can make in this rise and fall when we're so quick to like, you know, grab a bar, you know, it's not necessarily as complete as it could be to really gentle or really slow that, um, that spike. Yeah. And I think, you know, protein, you know, talking about those macros and, you know, women, some women are coming in with, you know, with lots of different sort of dietary preferences mm-hmm. or, um, you know, feelings. And I think having a dietitian there to sort of say, okay, I'm going to look at this from a high level. Sometimes it's hard to see 
mm-hmm. the forest for the trees, right? And oh, so yeah. it's nice to have a professional that's like, okay, I'm looking at this. Maybe we're not getting as much protein as you thought, or mm-hmm. gosh, you're a little bit lighter on the fats. You know, could we amp up a little bit more? Maybe that'll help sort of, you know, even that out a little bit. And I think yeah. it's really helpful to have um, to have that macro level, look at your macros. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. I, I totally agree. Especially when that is their specialty as an RD, right. As a, you know, as, as really knowing that kind of thing. Um, and then also probably the reminder of the micronutrients as well. Right. Cause I don't, I think they play a role as in helping again, the processing of things. Um, can you speak much to that about vegetables and how that kind of impacts? Totally. I mean, you know, there's, I think there's sort of when we talk micronutrients, it's like, are you looking at supplements? Or are you looking at whole foods? Right. So yeah, I would um, start with whole foods. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, having the vegetables um, and the fruits in there, I think sometimes people come in again with some misconceptions like, oh, bananas are going to kill me or white potatoes are better than sweet potatoes. And, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of really, um, you know, there's a lot, we read headlines, right? People read yeah. headlines. They don't necessarily read the research behind it. So, yeah. um, so it's great. You know, we can talk to things like how, you know, heart health is so important to women. And so how do we get things like potassium into our diet? Or we can talk about maybe your fatigue because you're anemic, you know, have mm-hmm. you had, do you have enough iron in your diet? Are you eating, um, sources of red meat? Are you taking a multivitamin, that kind of thing? So, um, so when it comes to the micronutrients, we can kind of look at the ones that are most important to women, calcium, things like that, that, that really, um, are big drivers for them. And I think that, you know, having vegetables in your diet is so, it's so huge. Right. And so, um, you know, we talk about different ways to incorporate them in breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, um, and ways to make them really palatable ways to make them exciting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, cause sometimes that's like not what you want to be snacking on in the car pickup line, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think this pairing of the macros and, you know, the micronutrients, what has been such a big aha moment for me is realizing that, you know, this is an example of where you can actually eat more and get better results and you don't always realize it or eat more and feel better. And so you have more consistent energy and you make better choices later in the day. You know, like you said, with this, with, you know, the oatmeal spike, like even just a simple adding some egg whites or eggs to the, like that protein to it, or some fats as well. What a difference that can make on the spike. Yes. You've eaten more calories, but at the end of the day, like you then have more consistent energy, you know, you're not reaching for that afternoon caffeine which is going to impact everything. And you're putting quality nutrients in that your body can use, but we don't always know these things. And I think that's one of the really cool things that I've learned through the CGM process with Nutrisense. Yeah, I think it's, and it's about sort of, I think a lot of women, you know, there's some, some fear to -hmm. trying out some different foods or, um, you know, sort of seeing how they handle different things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's nice when you have someone there sort of holding your hand and saying like, Hey, let's test it out. You know, it's just a couple of days, you know, let's, let's see what happens. And, um, it's really, we talk a lot about, it's called, you know, N equals one experiment. So when you, when you read like a, um, like a scientific research article, they always talk about the population of the people that did the experiment and they'll say like N equals, you know, 15,000, like a huge study or whatever, um, or N equals 25. There were 25 people in the study. And so Mm -hmm. we always talk about N equals one. You are the experiment. Uh, You are the study. mm -hmm. You are the one that we're doing all this testing out for, and we're here to optimize you, right? 
right? And so I think when people realize that it's so personal and and individual, um, it can make it a little bit more exciting um, and motivating to really test it out. Yeah, definitely. It, It does feel very personalized because I think a lot of the times, you know, we get FOMO thinking like, oh, I should, that worked for that person. I should do that thing that, you know, work for that person. But when it's customized, I think it can be a little bit easier to be like, no, 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 this was just for me. This is made for me. And I can, I can trust it. I can trust that my body will do what my body can do if I'm following the thing customized to me. Yeah. Um, and that it's is the scary. Yeah, yeah like it, it is. You know, yeah. it's not scary to add extra protein. It's not scary to add a little mm-hmm. bit extra to your breakfast. And then I think also, you know, some women are fasting a lot and, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see how people's bodies respond to fasting and yeah. it's not, not for everyone. Right. It's and, really and, not. No, especially when you're in hormone imbalance, it's a tougher, it's tough, it can be tougher on the system. And so if we're not, and of course, everything is hard to be consistent on and consistency is key. And I think, again, that's one of the beautiful parts about, you know, NutriSense is that it's, you can't really take it off. Like it's on there. You've got at least two weeks of consistency happening, right? Like the data is there. Even if you're not going to track your food, the data is still there. So, um, but it's fascinating to track because in the app, you have a place to kind of track everything. You have a place to track your food, your snacks, you know, your exercise, your, you know, meditation, even, which I think is really, really cool. Actually, I'd like to ask you about that because I have found that as someone who, for me, fitness is a big hobby and love of mine. And I know a lot of the women who, you know, listen to the show here, um, love fitness as well, or I have at least want to incorporate it into their life. I have found it interesting to see the impact of what I eat and then how I feel in a workout. What do you notice typically for your clients or yourself when it comes to blood sugar around workouts and the impact it has? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to see the impact overall, like high level view exercise is so crucial for glucose management. Mm. Um, so, you know, any kind of exercise. Mm. Yes. I want to underline that. Yes. yes. Any Any kind of exercise. And you can see that. And, you know, if you do a morning workout an afternoon, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you're doing your workout, Mm -hmm. it's always beneficial. Mm -hmm. And frankly, even like, you know, 10 minutes here and there is, is going to help. So I want to emphasize that first. Mm -hmm. Um, second, if, if someone is really into fitness and, and kind of knows their body and wants to really optimize it, we do so many really cool experiments. You know, it's like, let's try this workout fasted. Let's try this workout fed. Let's Mm. try this workout, you know, um, you know, two hours, you know, after, you know, sort of like in terms of timing, uh, mm-hmm. of the fueling of your workout, um, we get a lot of like endurance athletes, people that do Ironmans, mm-hmm. Ironmen, Ironman races, <laughs> I don't know, the Iron women, <laughs> women, um, you know, and, and they're trying to fuel their, their very long endurance runs yeah. and their long endurance, um, biking. Um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really so interesting. So I think whether you are someone that is pretty sedentary, mm-hmm. we can work on walking after every meal, yes. right? If you're someone that is just on the elliptical, like, like a hamster wheel all day long, we can work on maybe adding some strength training Mm -hmm. because I think one of the really key takeaways for women, particularly, um, and especially women, as we get older is that we lose muscle mass. Mm -hmm. It's just natural. It's called sarcopene. It's just what happens to everyone as we age, right. We kind of have to work harder as we get older to maintain that muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes women think I'm, I'm, all I need is cardio. I'm just supposed to be doing cardio. Mm-hmm. And there's so much fascinating research about strength training. 
um, for women because the more muscle we have, the more storage we have for glucose. And if we have storage for glucose, it doesn't float around in our body and cause all the inflammation and everything. So, you know, we want, we want to be promoting that, especially with women as we age that it doesn't have to be super intense bodybuilding, weightlifting. It can just be really cool functional movements, like just building those muscles. I'm sure you talk about that all the time. Totally. I mean, even in yoga, like we see the resistance element of yoga and Pilates, which are very gentle on the body and even expansive and stress reducing. So like you said, it doesn't, if you love, if like lifting is your jam, like there's such a cool opportunity for that, but you're going to get equal amounts of value and results from, you know, a yoga practice as you would from lifting. It's just about that resistance training is what you're saying. And I, and I, you know, I think you, you and I both know there's a stress release, right? Whether you're doing yoga, Pilates, Mm -hmm. weightlifting, a Mm -hmm. run, a swim, Mm -hmm. there's a stress relief. And so you can really see that too in the data. I mean, yes, you have more storage space for your glucose. Yes. There's like a phys, you know, an actual like physical utilization of the glucose during it, but there's that, there's that cortisol drop. There's that stress release uh, that comes for women that I think is super powerful too. And so we talk a lot about, especially this time of year, um, you know, walking, walking after your meals, it's really easy to get out there no matter where you are Um, and you get into nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be intense. Grab the dog, grab your kids like walk around the block a couple times. And it's, it's so much more powerful than flipping through Netflix, (laughs) even though that's really tempting. (laughs) Yeah. It's good on so many ways, right? You're going to feel better actually physically. It is going to lower that glucose for you, which again, creates space in your body to get back to what it needs to do and make sure you're moving more into fat burning than fat storage for people who are trying to weight release. Um, and you're right. And it's just good for the brain, the brain like that, you know, those dopamine receptors and, and the completion of any type of stress. Like we, it is funny how we come home from work, which is, you know, a typical work day where, and it's, you carry that with you and we're not actively doing anything to kind of complete that stress cycle of the day. And that's where, as much as I love a morning workout, that's where an evening movement of sorts can make such a big difference for people. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, I see it in the data so much. I'll see someone's, I'll see, I'll look at someone's chart and I know exactly when they go to work mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know exactly when they come home because yeah. you can see it go up and, you know, maybe it's just at that higher level during the workday and it goes down. We can also see in the app, I think it's so fascinating again, after the end of a month or two months, you can see where people's on a daily basis, you know, maybe their glucose is higher on Wednesdays because that's when they have their, you know, presentation to their group every Wednesday or something like that. Or maybe they work nights, um, a couple, and you can just see how their glucose is so different on those days, um, based on their work habits. Um, or maybe they kind of go nuts on the weekend and, you know, really, you know, go out and eat in restaurant, you know, do a lot of, um, you know, restaurant meals. You can really see that over time, like, wow, Saturday and Sundays, your glucose is a lot higher. Right. Let's, you know, keep that in mind going forward into the day interest. Yeah. So just the impact of even one day to the next day, you know, what happens yesterday to tomorrow and so on. And then of course your energy, your brain power, your fatigue, your ability to perform in work life. Um, Okay. So uh, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. What I, um, for anyone who is, you know, wanting and very like interested in, in wearing a CGM, but maybe not quite there yet. What tips do you have, you know, as an RD for them to start like learning more or focusing a little bit or better understanding, or even just regulating their own blood sugar in, in ways that, you know, can work. 
Yeah. There's so many, so many little, little tips and tweaks, you know, that, that you can do. I think, you know, I love the one that we were just talking about the walk, Mm. right? If you can motivate at work to take 10 minutes and walk up and down the stairs or, you know, walk around the block that will help in so many different ways, but after a meal specifically, yeah. After a meal specifically, I would say if you can eat your lunch and then go for a 10 minute 10 minute walk or, you know, eat dinner and then get outside or, or if you have a treadmill or you know mm-hmm. something at home or access to something like that, just those simple habits are going to help you. The more you can do that, the better you are. Again, we sort of look at population data and you see the impact of more walking, more movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say pay attention and maybe, maybe even keep sort of like a, like an energy journal, mm-hmm. right? Pay attention to when you have those lows, pay attention to when you feel really foggy in your brain mm-hmm. and look back and see maybe, you know, what, what did I have? What, you know, what were the choices, the meal choices that I made before that? And I think that can help sort of have those aha moments like, oh my gosh, I forgot I had the chips with my sandwich. Like that was probably a lot of, you know, um, a lot of carb. No wonder I spiked and kind of felt, felt, you know, lower energy afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one I think is, um, is really to, you know, if you is, is to play around with maybe like just adding one more cup of vegetables somewhere in your day, right? It's not a lot. It's not like you have to eat buckets of salad or anything like that, but just one more cup every day is really going to help. That fiber is really amazing for women. We want to be regular. We, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of also talks to the estrogen. We want to be able yes. clearing our body of estrogen. Organs of elimination. Um, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So just adding one more cup of vegetables a day or, you know, a high fiber fruit, um, is, is, can be really, really powerful. Have it for breakfast, have it for lunch, have it for dinner, whatever you can do to add that in. I love that. That's a great, so those are really three really simple steps that you can implement. Um, and if for any of the listeners, I encourage you to pick one and tag us in it, you know, share it, what, what worked for you. Um, and then for anyone who is ready to kind of, you know, get a bit deeper and really customize things. And, and, and I will say again, for me, it's such a, the first time I did this was such a powerful experience to, again, to really just get a bit more of an insight into myself, to have that real one-on-one connection with the, with the, you know, RD that was assigned to me um, and just get real time, fascinating results of like, oh my gosh, this is what my body is responding to. And this is what it isn't, you know, it kind of, a lot of the times I think we're confused because we're maybe not the most educated or we're distracted by the marketing out in the world, but you just can't deny the results that actually come out from, from this CGM with NutriSense. Like it's, there it is like right in front of me. I saw the spike, you know, I logged in. Okay. Well, this is what I had. I had lunch. And then I watched what happened as I scanned. It's fascinating to see. And then you can easily over the time period, even if it is two weeks, although I love your idea of doing it over a few months to see that cycle as well the impact there, but even just over the two weeks, recognizing like, okay, well, I know this is what I love to have for breakfast. You know, it seems to be spiking me. Can I make a couple of tweaks to my favorite breakfast just so that that evens out? So it's not even like we have to remove everything or make a whole world of changes. It really gives you that permission to make simple tweaks and what a difference it makes in your energy and your weight release and your overall joy of life when you feel good. I, I could not agree more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Okay. So if people want to learn more about NutriSense, specifically about your CGMs, what do you recommend? 
Uh, absolutely. Go to our website, mm-hmm. Nutrisense.io. We're also yeah. all on social media. We've got really great videos on Instagram. Um, I think we're on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I love the Instagram know, videos you know, for sure. Yeah. Facebook for sure. I know you're on as well. I see you there too. Um, so just, you know, and reach out, like, you know, there's, we have amazing, amazing wealth of blog articles on our website too. So again, if you're still in kind of a learning capacity and maybe not totally sure if this is for you, um, and maybe you have other underlying, um, you know, issues maybe that you're working with in terms of thyroid or, you know, all the things that sort of women have to deal with. Um, we have so many amazing, um, blog articles on our website too, that can be really helpful and educational. Um, so I definitely encourage people to check those out too. Oh, I love that. Cause I do often, I know I have my clients or I have women that reach out to me and they're like, what should I read? Where should I go? And you're right. The blog stuff, it's simply what I was able to research on through what you guys offer. And the blog stuff there is very powerful. And like you said earlier, it's like research based on studies, not just Googled things on the internet. So you can trust it as valuable content and, uh, totally trust it. We nerd out on the science. No, I love it. <laughs> We're science geeks, science geeks. <laughs> and for anyone listening, I'm super grateful for NutriSense. They are offering $25 off your first CGM if you want to use the code Bria25 and your discount code if you do want to try one out um, or certainly reach out if you have any other questions. But I am really grateful, Catherine, for you today. Thank you so much for taking this time and uh, for having this conversation with me. I have loved my experience. And and, and above all, again, I think what the, the relief it creates to understand what's happening in your body and finally have answers catered to you to feel better. Like you just cannot put, you know, a price tag or even, you know, like when you're looking at at in the 35 to 55 range, when you're still looking at the second half of your life, when you're looking down that pipeline and you're thinking like, I just need to feel good. Like that's all that matters at the end of it, but your body will respond. Weight will release all of these things. And this is such a beautiful, unique bio-individual tool to do that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about it. Um, feel free to reach out. We have so many, um, you know, great dietitians that, you know, you can message us and, uh, or, you know, message us and, um, on the Instagram. And, um, we just love that you love it and that, um, you're sharing and spreading the love. Um, and, you know, we just hope that it is a real, like, just like you said, it's a wonderful tool for women, um, at this stage in your life and you can learn so much from it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.